Good afternoon, church. We are so grateful for our youth as they are ministering before the Lord, and we pray that uh, our youth will be used by God more and more. Amen. And happy Resurrection Day. As today we remember, we are reminded that our Lord Jesus is not left in the world of the dead, but he was raised up by the power of God. And this is what makes our faith different. If there is no resurrection, our faith will be in vain. But because of his resurrection power, you and I are living a new life. So let's look at how these things work out in our lives. And when you see that picture, this is what happened. That that big stone is being rolled away, not by human hands, not by powerful men, but that stone is being rolled away by the divine power. Because an angel came down and rolled away the stone until the soldiers were afraid, terrified, and they were just like a dead man. So exactly what happened is why Jesus is being raised up from the dead is purely, solely by the divine power. Because heaven intervened. That's why these powers are at work in him, and he was risen up from the dead. We in the church, we also serve many families who are, you know, have all their loved ones who passed away, and usually they have many services, funeral services. And one, one time I remember there was a lady who passed away, and she was not that old, not even 60 years old. But the difference about this time was that the family decided not to uh, inject the formalin to the corpse, to the dead body. So when we were there, like, uh, I noticed, you know, in my mind, we were noticing that this is different. Why? Because when the, the, the service is there, we were there, you know, we, I just remember that this lady who's lying there, is, the body is going to deteriorate. And you can imagine, that's only one day. And if we live we let that happen for two days, three days. Even with those that has been injected with formalin, after three days, all the liquid is coming out. You know, we, you see the face change. And can you imagine Jesus, three days, the body was dead. And all 
the organs, the moment it's dead, the organs started to deteriorate. And by third day, it was beyond repair, humanly speaking. So what we are talking here is purely a miracle. Without a miracle of God, without that heavenly power works in him, it's impossible. And this is a reminder for you and I. If we follow Jesus and if we believe in that miracle, then we, our lives now, right now, should be also changed. Because that same power, the same spirit that come into his body is available for us. So let's see that number one, what God wants for us. Knowing that Jesus has been resurrected, it means number one, that we need to rise up. Of course, we are all still alive. We've never been dead before, most of us. So number one, God wants us to rise up with him. As Jesus was risen up, we also need to rise up. So let's read from Colossians 2, verse 9 until 13. For in him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism, in whom also you were raised through faith of the working of God, raising him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So the experience of dying and rising up should be the same experience that we live out. So number one, we have to rise up together with Jesus. In verse 12, it says that we should be also buried with Jesus in baptism. That's why in baptism, we put the person under the water, immersed in the water. That's a picture of being buried. Now, when you bury someone, even if it's your loved one, I'm sure you will not dig the grave, right? To relieve the memory, you will not dig the grave, except if you want to move the bones. So the same also in our lives. When we say that my old life is buried with Jesus, 
That means you don't go back to your past and try to redict all the things that have been in the past. And exactly that's what many of us do. When our past is not dealt with clean, how can we deal clean with our past? It's not just by pushing it, trying not to remember it. That's not dealing. That's only pushing it aside. But dealing with your past cleanly, that means you bring it. You bring that experience, you bring that event to Jesus. And see what Jesus said about that thing that happened to you in the past. And after you've seen through the eyes of Jesus, then you speak the word of forgiveness. You say, Father, I forgive this person and this person who have done this and that in my life. That's dealing clean with your past. So when you have dealt with your past, cut off everything. Because if you don't cut it off, in ministry we have seen many people, good people, good intention. They try to follow Jesus. They try to serve God. But it seems like they try and try, but they cannot really get close to God. And God says, you have to cling. Clinging means really close. And some people, out of their good intention, yes, Lord, I want, I want to serve, I want to follow you. But it seems like there is just that rope tied around their feet and then just pulling them. They try to run, but this rope is pulling, keep pulling them behind. And that's what happens when you don't deal with your past. The past will keep you from running. Maybe it's past sins, unconfessed sins. Or maybe it's relationship, broken relationship that has not been repaired that has not been reconciled in the past. Remember, before Jesus died, the first word that he said, Father, forgive them. Jesus speak those words, even though all those peoples, they did not ask forgiveness from him. All those people still hate him. But Jesus spoke it out. Father, forgive them. Well, if Jesus spoke that, that must be important, right? Why Jesus spoke out that forgiveness? Because by speaking that out, he released them from the power of revenge. He released whatever into the hand of the Father. And that should also be our response. When you want to forgive someone, you have to release them. Speak it out. How to release? By your words. You speak it out. Father, 
forgive them. So we were buried with him. And whatever has been buried, don't take it all out again. Just let it buried. Leave behind. Close the door. Burn all the bridges so you cannot come back. And this is reality, brothers and sisters. And it's a sad reality. Even very good people, but they did not dealt with the past. The past is keep following them. And the devil knows the history of that person. And he knew what happened in the past. And while following him, then suddenly the devil is hitting that person with the same thing that happened in the past. Because it's not being dealt. And when we heard that kind of story, it brought such sadness and grief. Because Jesus wants you to bury and have it all done with. That's why we were baptized. We got into baptism. Because we believe that we want to live a new life with Jesus. And then, verse 12, In whom also you were raised through the faith of the working of God, raising him from the dead. How we are raised with God is only through faith. So you need to have that faith that God is giving you a new life. When you have that faith, you are willing to leave your past. What you saw in Jesus, how the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life came into him and brought him up again. That same Holy Spirit is now being given to you and me. So here what we talk about, you know, everybody has past, right? We all do have our past. The most important thing is that point in our lives, what we call repentance. Repentance means turning from your past. You take a turn when there is a true repentance, your life will bring fruits. That's the proof of repentance. There must be fruit. So we are made alive together with Him. Even when we were dead in our sins and uncircumcision of our flesh. So Jesus died for us even when we were not even good for him. Even when we did not even acknowledge him. But Jesus died for us so that we will be raised up. And this experience of Jesus, when you think about it, he died and three days he were, he were 
he went down. So let's read this uh, scripture from Ephesians 4, verse 8 until 10. Therefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. This is the spiritual gifts. Just like we see in the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same also as who he who ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. So when Jesus died, he went through this experience. The Son of God not only come to the earth, but he also descended to the lower parts of the earth. So for three days, just like Jonah was in the belly of the fish, so that will be the sign of the Son of Man. Jesus also went down. And this experience, I believe, God experienced Jesus came to be a human to experience everything that we know of so that he can be a faithful and merciful high priest. So on the cross, Jesus experienced what is called shame. He was publicly shamed. On the cross, he experienced what is called betrayal. He was betrayed by the circle that is close to him. The ones that has been going on with him every day, everywhere. And he know what it means to be betrayed. And on the cross, he also experienced all those humiliation. Those people did not only humiliate, mocking him during his life, but up until his death. In front of him, they still mock him. So he on the cross. He knew the pain of humiliation. And that cross, when he died, he also went through what we call down spiral. He went into the down to the lower parts of the earth. He experienced things that we've never experienced before. Some interpreted this that he went down to the part that the righteous man who died, they went there. But Jesus also made a proclamation to the spirits, to the dead spirits, that now he has won the victory. So what I'm talking about here is that Jesus experienced everything for us. So maybe you feel that your life, you are going down. You feel like, oh, so oppressed, stressed. You feel like you are in the pit. You feel like nobody else is helping you. You feel lonely. You feel like just very down, down, and down. 
And what I want you to say is that Jesus also experienced going down. But he experienced that not for you to keep being in that place down. Maybe you've given up your hope of reconciliation. Maybe you've given up your hope on your work, on your family, on your kids. You've given up your hope maybe on your health. So that's the place of going down. But now, today, as we remember that Jesus is being resurrected, He wants you to go up with Him. He wants you to look upon His resurrection and say, that's the hope. That's what God is going to do in my life also. What has been dead in me, when there is no hope in me, when I look at that resurrection of Jesus, that's hope talking into your life. The same power working in Jesus can restore your family, can restore your health, can restore your mind, can restore your soul. So that's number one. God wants us to rise up, go up with him. And number two, he wants us to living it out. To live out the resurrection power in our lives. So let's read from Colossians 3, verse 1 until 4. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Be mindful of things above, not on things on the earth. For, this is the reason, you died, and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. So how to live that resurrection life in our own? How? By seeking the things that are above, because you were dead. In my own life, I saw firsthand when my oldest sister passed away, there's nothing that she can bring with her. She left everything, all those things for us to take care of. Nothing that we can bring. And she doesn't care. She will, someone who's died, died meaning having no more cares of the world, right? She's not busy with paying the rent or, you know, dealing with school, dealing with work. That's all. No more. Once a person is dead, that's it. So the same with us. For you died... And your life has been hidden with Christ. We died to the world. Wow. So this is talking just like what Paul said. I die daily. 
you die every day to the world, to the desires, to the passions, to the ambition. You die daily. Every day we carry our cross, we deny ourselves. When we die, so what should we do? Now we should seek. Now we die to the world and we should seek the things up above. Now the word seek is from seteo. That means to seek in order to find. When we seek, but then we are weary, like we're saying, oh, it's been a while. I'm trying on this thing, but it doesn't work. Just, I'll give up. That's not seeking here. Seeking here, seek in order to find. So until you find, you don't stop seeking. If you haven't found, then you keep on seeking. It says, 1B, seeking by thinking, meditating, reasoning, inquire into. So this is what you use for seeking is your mind and your heart and your soul. You seek with your mind, with your soul, with your desire. There's one point when I, in my life, I feel like the burden was so heavy. I said to God, God, I ask. I do not ask anything else like payment on this earth, but there's one thing I ask. I ask for open heaven. When you have open heaven over your life, it doesn't matter what you go through on this earth, but when you have that above you, open. That's more than what you can be repaid on this earth. So seeking by your mind, meditating, is like your mind is going up. And it says, 1C, to seek after, aim at, strive after. So seeking here is not just, well, yeah, we'll do it. But it's about striving. That's putting a lot of effort. And it's a lot of effort to make your mind stay, right? Your mind can go anywhere, even though you stay here. And in number two, it says, to seek, require, or to demand, to crave, to demand something from someone. So when God is saying to you, seek those things that are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So you need to asking God, God, this one, Lord, please, Lord, we keep knocking on the doors of heaven. And God is a faithful God. He says, when you knock, it will be open to you. 
So I encourage you how to live out this resurrection power. You have to keep your mind every day to go up. And how, number three, is not only living it out, but we have to maintaining. Maintaining is the hardest, right? We can start good, we can look good in the beginning, but to maintain, that's not easy. Let's read Ephesians 1, 18 until 21. This is Paul's prayer to God for the Ephesians. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. So Paul is praying for the people of God that they will see what, what to see, number one, the hope of his calling and number two and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints number one you need to know the hope number two you need to know that you have inheritance when god calls you he calls you into an inheritance inheritance is something that the people of this world sometimes even family even brothers or sisters they can fight against because of inheritance. But the good news is God is preparing for his people inheritance in heaven. That it is glorious. And verse 19, and you need to know, number three, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us. You need to know the power of God is beyond great. Surpassing greatness. It's not only great, but it's, it's beyond, limitless. Toward us, the ones believing according to the working of his mighty strength, verse 20, which he worked in Christ in raising him from the dead, and he seated him at his right hand in the heavenlies, far above all principality and authority and power and dominion and every name being named, not only in this world, but also in the coming age. So this is talking about the resurrection is show off of power of God. So God is showing off his great power in raising Jesus from the dead. And this power is not only just we are in front of power, but this is not only power, it's a being. This power comes from a being which is God. So in coming to faith, you are not just learning, seeing, witnessing about the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the miracles that happen. But you need to see and get to know the person. That's why Jesus said to those people who have witnessed his miracles, but they did not believe. They say that your punishment is heavier, even heavier than Sodom and Gomorrah, Jesus said. We 
need not only to know the power, but the person. And this great power God is showing by raising Jesus from the dead, and not only raise him, but put him up, sit him up in the right hand in the heavenly, far above all power that can be named. So this Resurrection Sunday is a witness that Jesus now is above every power. When Jesus is above every power, this is hope. No matter what hurdles, no matter what challenges face you in this life, God's power is beyond that. That's why David say, I will leap over a wall. The wall is still there. It doesn't matter. There is a wall. It's okay. But God's power makes him leap over the wall. The same power he gives to us. And it's not only God is showing off that power in Jesus, but let's read in chapter 2 now. Verse 4 until 6, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And not only made us alive and has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So this resurrection power also should work in us. We were dead. Now we also being made alive, rise up. And not only being rise up together, but now we are being brought up to sit together with Christ in the heavenlies. So that's called, it's talk about maintaining a place up above. So that, the second point we talk about seeking the things above. But number three, now we have to maintain being in that place with Christ, sitting with Him. Oh, this is amazing. I hope we all also walk through this power when you sit with God, your perspective change, right? When you are on this earth, you look up, you see, wow, the mountain is big. Wow, my problem is big. But when you go up and up and up, you see, and you look down, the mountain is so small. It's amazingly small, even just like a dot, when you are seated in heavenlies with God. And that place is where you can tell the mountain to move when you are sitting with Jesus. Because in that place, you speak with authority. I just remember there's a story of someone who said, Christ died for me. And he used to live in a lot of sin, gamble and other things. And one day his friends come and he said, why don't you come with us again? Let's play. And he said, I cannot 
because my hands are not mine anymore. These hands have been bought by the blood of Jesus. I don't have authority, but now this body belongs to Jesus. Wow, that's a real life of dying with Christ and rising up to a new life. Amen. Let's have the singers, musicians to come forward and let's come before the throne of God. Let's sing this song, I cast my mind to Calvary. Let's all stand up together. <laughs>